Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Welcome back, everybody. We are diving into episode 11. I can't believe it. It's episode 11. This podcast journey has been so exciting. And I really love recording and sharing with you guys. And I really appreciate you being here and tuning in and for all your support. It really means so, so much. So today's episode is a Q&A episode. And I love these episodes because I get to take your questions and I love answering them. And there's lots of questions that come in all the time. Sometimes you guys are hitting me up on Instagram at Holistic Wellness Foodie, or you're over on my website and contacting me through there at holisticwellness.ca or Facebook. I mean, there's all kinds of places that you guys are connecting with me and it's great. So I love getting your questions, keep them coming, and I'll be sure to get to them on a future episode. So we've got four questions today. And the first question comes from Sonia. And that is, can you tell me more about the AIP diet? So The AIP diet is definitely something I will dive into much deeper into another podcast episode because there's so much to cover. And I will definitely have on some amazing autoimmune experts so we can dive into all things autoimmunity. So a general overview of the AIP diet. So basically, the AIP diet stands for the autoimmune protocol or the autoimmune paleo protocol. And basically, it is a diet that focuses on eliminating gut irritants. So we're working on healing the gut by eliminating certain foods that cause inflammation. And oftentimes this inflammation is causing gut issues, which in turn cause autoimmune issues. Your immune system lives in your gut. So if you have autoimmune issues going on, it's very important that we work on healing your gut. And so it's similar to the paleo diet, but it restricts a lot more. So in the paleo diet, if you're already familiar with that, you are eliminating grains and legumes and processed foods and dairy. But with the AIP diet, you are eliminating eggs and coffee, as well as the grains and the legumes and processed foods. But you're also eliminating certain nuts and seeds, well, actually all nuts and seeds, so almonds, Brazil nuts, hazelnuts, pecans, sesame seeds, all kinds of seeds, any nut and seed you can think of, you're pretty much eliminating them. And you're also eliminating processed vegetable oils, which of course you're not including in a paleo diet as well. And I hope you're not eating them regardless of the diet you're following. You don't want to include things like canola oil and corn oil or soybean oil or peanut oil, these genetically modified oils, vegetable oils, get them out. But you're also getting rid of spices that are derived from seeds. So this would be like celery seed or fennel seed or fenugreek or mustard or black pepper. And there's a lot more And it can seem quite restrictive. Of course, you're getting rid of alcohol and sugars and problematic sugars and sweeteners. The coffee is something that I do think you can 
have the occasional cup, but definitely if you find you're very reactive to it, then you definitely want to eliminate it so that when you do reintroduce it, you can see how you react to it. Even grain-like seeds, so they kind of fall into the grain category, but things like chia and flax and quinoa and buckwheat. So I know you're probably thinking, oh my God, like what the heck do you even eat? And trust me, I thought the same thing when I first started my AIP journey. And as many of you know, I started my AIP journey back in April. And at the time of this recording, we are in mid to late June. And so I started my journey back in April. I had been experimenting with AIP on and off for the past year and a half, give or take. But I really decided to go full force back in April especially when I was launching my healing and dealing with Hashimoto's program. I launched that online four-week program with my girlfriend, Marnie Wasserman, who also has Hashimoto's. And so she's like my Hashimoto's buddy and my Hashimoto's bestie, I guess you could say. And we're always going back and forth about our experience with Hashimoto's and what we're eating, what we're doing and our supplements and what's working, what's not working. And so we decided to launch that program together. And it was amazing. And we have so many amazing results and success stories from it, which that program will be coming back at a later time. But if you're thinking, oh my God, what the heck do I eat? Trust me, there are a lot of things you can eat. Organ meats, meat and poultry, fish, shellfish, tons of leafy greens, lots of fat, high fat fruits and products like black olives and coconut and avocados and olive oil and avocado oil. You can have tons of different fruits and root vegetables and cruciferous vegetables. And there's also a lot of spices that you can have as long as they just don't come from or derived from seeds. And so there's definitely restriction, but I can tell you from my own personal experience that it was literally life-changing. Like I went from having consistent headaches and being tired and obviously having a lot of gut irritation going on. And there wasn't this huge shift with my antibodies and my thyroid and the AIP protocol really helped to shift a lot of that. And so again, this goes back to getting rid of those gut irritants to heal your gut, to really support your immune system and to support autoimmunity. So whether you have Hashimoto's or not, if you have another autoimmune condition, this protocol works across the board. So I do think it's something that you should definitely dive into if you have autoimmunity. And there are lots of great recipes on my site over at holisticwellness.ca and more to come 100%. And it doesn't mean you can't ever have those foods again, but you can slowly reintroduce them and then pay attention to how you're reacting to those foods. So for example, I eliminated dairy and eggs for a good eight weeks. And then when I brought those back in, I started to notice, especially with the eggs, that I would break out when I eat eggs. And so they do have an effect on me and I don't eat them as regularly anymore as I once used to. And I'm even more conscious with my spices. I don't really use black pepper anymore and I don't miss it. And it might be challenging when I go out to eat at different restaurants and whatnot, but it really is something that 
I've been able to navigate for the most part. And it's really made a difference. So I hope that helps to answer your question about the AIP diet. That's just kind of a general outline of it. And I really encourage you to check out the Paleo Mom. She's got amazing resources on all things autoimmunity. She'd be a great resource. All right, on to question number two. This question also comes from Sonia, and it's a really good one. What are your thoughts on coffee enemas? I noticed you didn't mention them on your detox episode. Yes. Okay, so coffee enemas are amazing, and they're a great tool and detox protocol that will help with detoxification and, of course, help support gut health. However, if you've never done a colonic before, I don't encourage you to just dive into coffee enemas. So with a colonic, if you're unfamiliar with a colonic, yes, you are inserting this tube and it's a little bit uncomfortable. I get it. And you've basically got this pressure from water going into the bowels and cleaning you out. And really what's happening with the colonic is that as this water enters into the bowels, you're also holding it because it's working to clean up some of the debris and toxicity within your gut. And so if you can't hold in that water, which by the way, can definitely be uncomfortable for sure, but as you get used to it, it's really not as bad. I go for colonics pretty regularly. And yes, the first one or two times was uncomfortable, but I'm totally used to it now. And of course, you got to work with a really great colonic hydrotherapist. And I work with Diana over at the Pure Balance Clinic Import Credit for anybody who is in the local GTA. You can definitely check her out. She's amazing. So with colonics, like I said, you've got to hold the water and then you release and then you just keep going through this process of the water entering and then you are holding the water and then letting go and and so on and so on. And so with coffee enemas, you are inserting coffee into the bowels and it's the same thing. Like you have to really use those muscles essentially to hold on to that coffee so that it can go and do its work. And if you spend, and especially if you're doing this at home and you're spending, because it's literally like an hour and a half to two hours of prep time, by the time you make the coffee and make sure it cools to the right temperature, and then you go and you insert it, If you can't hold the coffee, then it totally defeats the purpose. So I know my colonic hydrotherapist has always recommended going through a few colonic sessions first so you can really get that feeling of what it's like before you move on to coffee enemas. Now, with my colonic hydrotherapist, with Diana, she does implants, which I may have mentioned on that detox episode. I can't remember. But implants mean during your colonic, not only are you using the water, but you're inserting chlorophyll and bentonite clay and different essential oils. And this helps kind of just take the detox process to a whole other level. And it really helps to oxygenate the bowels as well, which is great for bacteria and supporting all your good probiotics. So because she does these implants, she can also implant coffee. So she does the coffee enemas. So we did a coffee enema once. And it's interesting because you can react either way with coffee. It might cause you to have looser bowels or it might actually back you up. And for me, it actually backed me up, which I normally don't have any issues going to the bathroom. And so the coffee enema kind of worked the opposite on me. Whereas when we did wheatgrass, which is actually even stronger than coffee, the wheatgrass worked amazing and I had way 
more benefits using the wheatgrass than the coffee. So I will definitely test the coffee again and doing the coffee enemas, but the wheatgrass has been really awesome and it's even like more potent. So something to think about. There's nothing wrong with doing coffee enemas. I think they're wonderful. I do think that coffee enemas or colonics, something like that should be a part of people's sort of healthy routine and going to get those regularly 100%. But I do think that you should first dive into colonics to see what that's about before moving on to a coffee enema. Okay, so question number three comes from Michelle. I recently watched your Insta stories where you shared about your workouts and specifically what you've changed due to having Hashimoto's. Can you expand on this? What does your current workout routine look like? Should I work out if I have adrenal fatigue? Okay, great question. So I know exactly what you're talking about, Michelle. A few days ago, I was sharing on my Insta stories about my workout routine. And I had actually recently just come back from the gym and went on Insta stories and was just sharing my experience in the gym and how literally since being diagnosed with Hashimoto's, my workout routine had to shift. And also, there was a lot of adrenal fatigue going on. So it wasn't just about healing autoimmunity, but it's way deeper than that. Healing gut health, managing stress and healing your adrenals, everything is interconnected. And so I, for the longest time, for literally like a year, I had to really step back with the type of workouts I was doing. Now, going back, like back in the day, I was always more like an intense exerciser and I loved high intensity training. I loved weight training and all kinds of things. And obviously with Hashimoto's and autoimmunity and and adrenal issues, I had to really slow down, really, really slow down. Because if I'm really pushing myself, then it's just pushing my body the opposite way that I really want it to. And I'm not going to be in a healing zone. I'm not going to be in that parasympathetic zone where it's more of the like calm healing part of your body versus the sympathetic, right? The sympathetic is like your fight and flight. And so I was actually doing Orange Theory workouts for a while and I do love Orange Theory, but unfortunately I was leaving those classes and being completely exhausted. Like I would literally walk to my car and I was just so tired. And so I realized over time, okay, these are just not the workouts for me. So I really had to slow down. And I think if you have Hashimoto's autoimmunity or adrenal fatigue, everybody is different and it really does take some time to figure out what works for you. But I can just tell you from experience and from working with many clients that the high intensity type of training just does not work. So for me personally, actually going back to about a year ago, I actually had a lot of issues with my hands. That's really one of the first clues with autoimmunity for me. That was like one of my symptoms where I was like, okay, I have this weird pain in my hands and this weird discomfort and I wasn't able to grip things as well. And I wasn't able to lift my weights the way that I once did. And that's when I started to realize, okay, something is not right here. And that's when I actually went to do all my Hashimoto's testing. And so for literally a year, I was still lifting weights, but I just wasn't lifting as heavy. And I wasn't doing it like super fast in this high intensity way. And so I kept doing that and I was just consistent. And I would also honor my body when I felt that I needed to slow down and 
have rest days and maybe take more rest days than I needed and was outside a lot and going on walks and just spending time in nature and doing some yoga and stretching and just really slowing things down. And so finally, after you know a year of spending a lot of time on healing and going slow, I've finally reached that point where now I can actually start lifting heavier again. And I was doing 100-pound dumbbell deadlifts the other day, and it was great. I felt so good, and I love lifting weights. That's my thing. I want to be in the gym. I want to train, and I want to lift heavy weights. And I go slow. There's no rushing, and I felt really wonderful. And so that's what I've been able to now do, but it did take time for me to get back to that, and it literally took about a year of having to cut back my workouts quite a bit and work on the healing in order to get to this place now. So I hope that answers your question. I feel like it was a really lengthy answer. But if you are having autoimmune issues and adrenal fatigue, it really does mean it's time for you to do some more lower intensity exercise and really slow down and focus more on the healing aspect. And movement is important, absolutely, but movement doesn't have to come in the form of high intensity. There are so many other things to do. And so find something that's a little bit lower intensity and do that and still focus on moving your body, but really sort of respect that process of healing because it does need time. All right. Question number four comes from Stacy. What do you use in your hair? Your hair always looks so healthy, and I feel that no matter what I do, I keep losing my hair, and it's constantly thinning. What are your suggestions? Awesome. Well, thanks for the hair comment. (laughs) Thank you for that. The hair compliment. So I can tell you from, again, going back to Hashimoto's and thyroid and autoimmunity, Working on healing my thyroid and adrenal health, which by the way, I'm still in the process of doing. It's not like it's totally complete and you never just kind of like finish one day. It's an ongoing process. So, you know, this past year, especially having really focused on my thyroid and my adrenal health, because again, remember, it's all interconnected. If you have a low functioning thyroid, you have high functioning adrenals. So if you got thyroid issues, you've also got adrenal issues. So in this past year of working on thyroid and adrenal health and taking necessary supplements, I've noticed that it improved my hair and the growth of my hair as well. Because I cut my hair not too long ago and it grew back rather quickly. And of course, I drink a lot of bone broth. I eat really, really well and I don't have a lot of inflammatory products and food in my diet. And I take collagen and, you know, I use a lot of great products and also manage the stress in my life and really work on the adrenal and thyroid health. So that is definitely one of the reasons why my hair is healthy. And outside of that, I have also cut down on how much and how often I wash my hair. So I literally used to wash my hair like every other day. And in the past two years, I've started only washing my hair like one to two times a week. I really try and extend it as much as I possibly can. And of course, making the switch to more natural brands and products. You know, there's a lot of shampoos and conditioners that you can get from your local sort of pharmacy that 
are just loaded with so many toxins and SLS and all these foaming agents that actually strip the natural oils in your hair. So switching to more natural brands, there's a lot of brands that I like. I like Green Beaver. I like Giovanni. I like, oh, there's one that starts with a C and I can't think of the name, but I live right across the street from Whole Foods. So there's a lot of amazing brands and I've used Beauty Counter before and I love the Living Libations shampoos and conditioners. So there's a lot and I've kind of switched between so many different ones. There's this one called Boo Bamboo, which is a really great one too, but also just using apple cider vinegar and just mixing equal parts of apple cider vinegar with equal parts of water. So maybe say like a quarter cup of each and just using that to rinse through your hair. And that really helps to cleanse your hair. And it helps to also support the scalp as well. If you've got any issues with like dandruff or anything like that, you can add in a little bit of rosemary essential oil, which is great for hair growth or even geranium, also really great for hair growth. So You can use a lot of natural products. There's so many great things to use that really will support your hair, but really it's an internal process. It's what you're eating and the supplements that you're taking and how you're supporting your body internally, and that's going to really support your body externally. You might also want to consider getting some thyroid testing done. Often if you have low thyroid, you are going to have thinning hair and hair that falls out. So getting a full thyroid panel, and this is so important. Whether you have thinning hair or not, this is really important. For the ladies who are listening who feel like they just can't get to the bottom of some of their health issues and symptoms, I highly recommend getting a full thyroid panel done. And more often than not, you will have to pay for this thyroid panel out of your pocket I do run a full thyroid panel in my practice and it many times come in handy because I work with so many women who spend months and months asking their doctor to do the testing and their doctor just won't do it, unfortunately. So there is the other solution and I've got that solution or you can work with a naturopath and you know, if you can't get that testing done, definitely ask your practitioners, your other practitioners for it and you just you know, have to pay for it out of pocket. So you're looking to not just test your TSH, but also your free T3, your free T4, your reverse T3, as well as your autoimmune antibodies, anti-TPO and your anti-TG. So those six tests, you absolutely need to get those done, as well as maybe look at, I mean, there's so many more tests, but Consider maybe getting your ferritin levels tested. If you have low iron, this will 100% affect hair growth. But outside of that, these are just important tests to do whether you have issues with your hair or not. So these are some things to keep in mind. And again, like really taking your health into your own hands. And sometimes it really does mean paying out of pocket to truly get the answers. Otherwise, you're left suffering And many years can go by and those years can go by really quickly and we don't get to the bottom of why we're feeling the way we're feeling. All right, that answers all your questions. Thank you so much for submitting those questions. You guys can connect with me 
over on Instagram at Holistic Wellness Foodie. You can ask me your questions there or submit them through my website at holisticwellness.ca. I've got a few amazing things to share with you guys that are coming up. So first off, I've got my summer hormone detox program going on right now. You can head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash summer detox. And this is an amazing program to help detox out that excess estrogen in your body and support your thyroid. So you will get a full seven-day meal plan with delicious, amazing recipes, simple to prepare. This is not about complicating things. And we will dive into an exclusive masterclass on July 18th. So that is, let me look at my calendar real quick. July 18th is a Wednesday, and this masterclass will be taking place at 7 p.m. Eastern time, and it will be recorded. If you cannot make it live, you will 100% get the replay to it. So you will get your seven-day detox meal plan, You'll get the exclusive masterclass with me, and we're going to send out my hormone questionnaire. This is such a detailed questionnaire so that you can really see where your hormones are at. Do you have low estrogen, high estrogen, low progesterone, high progesterone? What's going on with your cortisol, your thyroid, all of it? It's a really detailed questionnaire. And We're working on some other great freebies for you guys as well. So head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash summer detox. This is the summer edition of my hormone detox program, and it is simple to follow, delicious recipes, and it's truly about utilizing foods to heal your body. And during the masterclass, we're also going to dive into supplementation because I know how confusing that can be. And I really want to give you guys some clarity so you're not wasting your money on unnecessary products. So I hope you join me on this round of the Summer Detox program. It's going to be awesome. And that masterclass is just exclusive to people who join that. So again, head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash summer detox to check that out. And for today's show notes and episode information, you can head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 11. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. I look forward to getting more questions from you and connecting with you on a future podcast episode. If you haven't already sent us a review or given us a review or a rating over on iTunes, I would absolutely love that. It really does help the podcast to connect with more women and be seen in the community. I would really appreciate your support. Thanks everyone for tuning in and I hope you have an amazing day.